From Sacramento, the Bishop's Radio Hour with Bob Dunning. Focusing on today's issues in the context of gospel values. Now, here's Bob Dunning on Relevant Radio. That's me. Welcome to you on this beautiful day the Lord has made. Appreciate you all being with us on the Bishop's Hour. And uh, indeed, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. And we are glad to welcome in Father Josie Matthew from beautiful St. Joseph Parish in the great city of Vacaville, Solano County. Uh, Father Josie, good day. Good to have you with us. Thank you. Thank you, Bob. It is good to be with you and your listeners. Uh, after a long time, I'm back again. Well, yes, it's been it's been way too long, but yep. we're, we're, we're we're glad to have you. I have to tell you that Saint Joseph Vacaville is my oldest sister's parish. I do know that because your sister approached me a couple of times and said, "That is my brother." Oh, <laughs> yes, she's in the choir there. She's very very. She loves being in the choir. Yeah, thank, 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 thank for the amazing, great ministries. You know, the amazing people in the faculty are doing. You know, celebrating and building a community through faith. And um, I am actually here because of that. You know, because we have uh, uh, Dr. Ralph Martin mm-hmm. is coming to lead us in a renewal uh, London renewal retreat. And uh, we are so excited, and I thought, you know, maybe it's a good time to invite and open this up to the uh, all of faithful all over the sacram- uh, Diocese of Sacramento, so that, you know, if uh, anybody is looking for a spiritual renewal retreat uh, during this Lent, this, is, this would be an amazing, amazing um, uh, retreat to attend. Um, we were fortunate uh, in January, we were able to get Dr. Scott Han from St. Paul Center. Then um, last week, actually, we, we had uh, Dr. John Bertsma came and preached a retreat. Uh, so those were all well attended. Uh, so um, now we have the third retreat coming. So I just thought, you know, why don't we invite, you know, the, uh, the, the neighboring parishes and families, you know, anybody who is seeking for a, for a retreat. Um, so I, that is why that's where I am here. Um, and that will be on March 10 and 11. Correct. Yeah, March 10th. Uh, uh, Friday, uh, Saturday. Six, correct. Uh, Friday, March 10th, uh, 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. And he's going to focus on the theme, Living as Catholics in Challenging Times. Then on a Saturday, March 11th, we start with the Holy Mass at uh, 8 o'clock. Then we have the talk, three talks, actually, on Saturday, March 11th. The first talk from 9 o'clock, um, uh, titled The Call to Holiness. The second one, uh, Dr. Martin will be uh, leading us to the practical means of growing in holiness. Then he's going to, the ter- third talk, he's going to focus on the uh, call to mission in the context of, uh, of the Eucharist. And uh, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, this is the Eucharistic revival here. And one after another, we are focusing on that theme. And this is going to be an amazing, amazing opportunity. And uh, Dr. Ralph Martin, who uh, people who know him uh, know that, you know, he's, he is in the revival ministries for uh, three, four decades and uh, really well known all over the U.S. as well as abroad. Yeah, I'm getting... Uh Scott Hahn, Dr. Scott Hahn, that's quite a get, as they say in the business. That's, he's, yes, uh, yes. He is hugely in demand. Yes, you know, we had more, uh, close to 1,000 people. We had to close really? our regi- registration. Yeah, we had to close our registration. So th- that is what I'm saying. You know, these are speakers, thought after speakers, you know. Sometimes you have to wait three, four years even to get them on our calendar. So uh, we were... Uh, blessed and fortunate enough to have these amazing speakers come to St. Joseph. Um, that is one of the ways I feel, you know, uh, we as pastors and, uh, and shepherds of the church can uh, uh, help our people bringing something so unique, which we in ourselves may not be able to do. So uh, that is what, you know, I, I try to focus on the parish where I uh, bring as many retreats as possible so that, you know, um, People who are new to this, you know, they, they can also see what we are missing, how important uh, it is if we 
uh, every year, at least once a year, if you take a, a chance to attend a retreat that really helps our spiritual growth and spiritual life. So, um, I'm, I'm really looking forward to Dr. Martin this March 10th and 11th. So do you, do, uh, will, you, will you hold this in, in the, the, the really very large church you have or in your beautiful hall there? You know, it's in the church. It's in the church because be we in the can church. hold, yeah, around a thousand people we can have in the parish, uh, in the church. Right. So this is going to be immediately after the mass. We uh, first with the start with the mass, then the talks. You know, it's, it's going to be beautiful. It's going to be beautiful. And the last two uh, retreats we had, the last one with the Dr. Bergsma and uh, uh, Dr. Scott Han, we had even people flew in. From Detroit and the other states. Mm-hmm. Wow! Uh, it is it is amazing uh, what God is the, uh, doing with our communities here. You know, it's it's an amazing blessing. So I just wanted to share that opportunity with all of my fellow believers, and uh, we just want to invite you to this this uh, uh, spiritual re- uh, revival retreat. And I'm hopeful. I'm hundred percent sure it's going to really help you, all of us. You know, personally, it is helping me. I was actually driving back uh, after visiting a patient, and I, I happened to stop my car. Then one of the parishioners who attended the retreat, Father, you know, you, you won't believe this. We came to both the retreats, and after the second retreat, my wife, you know, wakes up early, and she starts praying. Oh, wow. Even before I start my praying, you know. She never used to do that, you know. This is amazing. So we are so excited for the next one. So. You know, when we hear people responding that way, man, that is amazing. That thirst for God and, you know, and uh, by God's grace, we are able to bring these uh, great speakers uh, who can really, really uh, deliver a great message of uh, repentance and, you know, uh, calling us to holiness. That's what it is all about, you know. So, um, what, did, what did, I'm just curious, I know I have, I have not, uh, attended one of Scott Hans. I've I've spoken with him, interviewed him, uh, etc. I had a friend who, and he and his wife uh, uh, attended. I think it was a cruise with with Scott Hahn and just raved about it. Um, so what did he? What did Scott? How does how does he run a workshop? His was actually he focused on the um, Old Testament and uh, Old Testament and call to holiness. Actually, that was the theme. And uh, in the context, again, you know, the focus was actually on the Eucharist. Mm-hmm. And he really, really took us through the Old Testament scriptures, and uh, uh, he used the theme, uh, the amazement that we see, um, uh, especially uh, taking some quotations from his new book, The Call to Holiness. So uh, it, that was 90 minutes then. Mm-hmm. People were all in awe. Then uh, Dr. Bergsma the same way. I, these these people are the way they connect the scripture with the everyday life and the Eucharist. I, the way Dr. Bergsma brought it was, you know, he began with the Old Testament, um, um, uh, in the cult of Abraham and the sacrifice, how that is, uh, and, and then Moses, uh, call of Moses. And he connected that with the Eucharist in, a, in an amazing way. Nobody ever have done that. You know, I have that's the first time I hear something like that. You know, how this, uh, he says, the typology, using the typology, he really, really brought us really into the depth of the celebration of the Eucharist. Why Eucharist is the key? Why it's so integral and important part of a Catholic uh, Christian without Eucharist? Uh, there is no Catholic Christian that is, that is inseparable life that we are called to do and live. So we're with uh, Father Josie from uh, Josie Matthew from Saint Joseph in Vacaville. Uh, Father, how long have you been uh, at Saint Joseph's? A little over three and a half years. Mm-hmm. This June, I'll be completing four years in this parish. Very good, and it's it's such a it's such a beautiful church. What's it? Uh, Marshall is that the street it's on? Yes, it is. Uh, uh, 1791 Marshall Road, Vacaville, California. Yeah, uh, it's a beautiful church in this amazing community. You know, we are so blessed. Uh, this is a pretty large community. So we are so blessed with so many volunteers and ministries in the parish. And, you know, 
athletes from the community. So we are aren't so fortunate to be here. Yeah, every once in a while, my sister will invite us down down there to uh, attend mass with her, and uh, you know maybe spend the day and uh, hear her sing. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> of course, like uh, the oldest sister in every Irish Catholic family, her name is Mary. <laughs> and. Uh, um, it's just it's 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 such a joy to be. You have you have the big what we used to call a cry room, a baby room. I've, you have the biggest cry room I've ever seen uh, of, of any church. Yeah, it is all good. You know, we use that for us the chapel also. Sure. Know? Yeah. Our yeah. For a daily mass and yeah. Yeah. Then we have a Eucharistic chapel. Uh, so it is it is a it's, it's a great church. It's a great church, and then we have we are blessed. We can we can do what we are able to do. They got grace, and we just want to share that uh, great joy. That's you know, and the thing through. thing I love too is when we're singing the hymns, they put it up on a screen so you can see it. Exactly, you can see the words. Yeah, yeah. because some of us we sometimes we kind of hum along, and when it's a familiar phrase, we'll 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 sing along. But there it is; it's all the words are right there. Yep, yep. So, so this is a beautiful place, beautiful place, an amazing community. Yeah, it really is. It really, really is. Well, again, this will be March 10 and 11. Uh, and it, on uh, Friday evening, it starts at 630, runs till 830. On Saturday morning, the 11th, it uh, begins at 8 a.m. with Holy Mass and then three talks uh, by Dr. Ralph Martin. And uh, uh, you you will be transformed, I guarantee yeah, thank you. Thank you, Baba. And I just want to invite all the listeners, you know, please uh, spread the word. Uh, it's important for us because we didn't have much uh, window to announce this since we just finished the last retreat on on the 24th so, of February. So uh, we, we, we want to welcome you all and invite you all, and uh, let's go grow, pray. And listen to the Word of God and yeah. grow closer and, and closer. No matter what direction you're coming from, very easy to get to uh, to St. Joseph's in in, in Vacaville. Uh, you just uh, it's right, all, you know, half a mile from Interstate 80 in in either direction. Yep, that's true. That's true. Very good. And and how do how do people sign up? Do you need sign ups? Yeah, it's better you sign up. Yeah, you can go to our website. Yes, DJV. Uh, yes, as in Samuel, T as in Tom, J as in Joseph, V as in Victor, stjb.org. You know, when you visit our website, the first thing you see is in you know, the re- renewal retreat, and Ralph Martin, the picture is also there. Just uh, uh, sign up there, it's a free of cost um, uh, retreat. You know, we want as many people as possible to come. And uh, please also spread the word if people can that way. Uh, everybody can really, really uh, take advantage of the spiritual opportunities we have. You know that our London uh, season will be really a spiritual, uh, spiritually renewed uh, 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 life. Actually, God is giving us to embrace and harvest. Yes. Anything I didn't ask you, you wanted to add, Father? I think I'm, I'm good. You know, you did ask all of those questions. You know, we uh, uh, the, the last thing I wanted to say is. Uh, we were blessed so far with that uh, uh, two retreats, and we had actually for children's retreat also. We since I came here, we already conducted almost seven retreats. What we see is that each of those retreats, more and more and more people are coming, and they are benefiting out of this. That is a beautiful thing for us to witness and see. And for the past two retreats, especially Dr. Uh, Han and uh, Bertha. We have people from all over, not just uh, St. Joseph, from all over. So yeah, their 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 reputation precedes them for sure. I I know I know people who would drive a long ways to see us, uh, Doctor Scott Hahn. <laughs> I really do. Yes, that's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah they are they are delivering the message of the Lord in a unique way, and people can feel it. Well, yeah, by their fruit you shall know them, and uh, yes. uh, it, it seems as if these retreats are bearing great fruit. Yeah, well, Father Josie, it's always always a joy to talk with you. We'll have to do it more often. Definitely. Thank you. Thank you, Bob. It's, uh, I greatly appreciated this opportunity to come on uh, your radio show and to share this good news. 
Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks so much, God Father. And God bless you and all the great people at St. Joseph's, especially my sister Mary. God bless you. <laughs> Thanks so much, God Father. That's Father Bye-bye. Josie Bye-bye. Matthew at uh, St. Joseph in uh, the great city of Vacaville in Solano County, and yeah, uh, and he's putting the word out, uh, calling uh, you know, calling everybody uh, to to this these wonderful. It sounds like he's really well. You don't just accidentally get uh, Dr. Scott Hahn. He's kind of one of the one of the legends, if you will, uh, that travels around and gives a lot of uh, speaking engagement, leaves to, lead tours to the Holy Land and things like that, and. Uh, just in fact, my my sister wasn't with Scott Hahn, but my sister I keep talking about that uh, took a uh, trip to the Holy Land with with Gus Lloyd, who uh, is on the Catholic Channel out of New York, uh, has a host a program called Seize the Day, and took a trip to the Holy Land with Gus Lloyd and his wife, and uh, you know the whole tour of people from all over the country, and just uh, just was transformed with how how wonderful that uh, that trip to the Holy Land was. Gabe, I've heard it's nice there. I've heard it's a very interesting, wonderful oh, place to I, go to. I mean, it's, it's mind-boggling um, how all the, I mean, it's where Jesus walked. I've been told by um, people who are very devout and other people who are not at all that it you get something out of it regardless. Yeah. Like I mean, there's something about that area that is just, you have to well, be there. Even if, even a non-believer knows about Jesus, knows about right. Christianity, uh most people would have some curiosity about it, I would think, even if they were non-believers. And the historical significance of what it yeah, is exactly, beyond exactly. that, yeah. I mean, it's where Jesus walked, it's where he lived, it's where he died, it's it's where it all happened uh, for Christians. And well, one of the things I've, I've been told by people is that you don't realize it's it's not a very large area. No. Like, you, you think about, like how we think about like New York being huge, and you go there and you're like, Oh, this isn't that big. It's just everything's packed no. in, well, and it's it's apparently it's not. I mean, you think of like the Holy Land as being this huge, like like you know we'll have to do it in a week, but it's it's not like that. I mean, you can do enough stuff to where it fills a week, but as far as straight landmass, it's not well, that you big. Know, you 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 uh, you look at the size of California. It's just one state, and uh, you then you, you you hear about all these. You know, I, I visited Belgium or I visited whatever. You know, and. It, and then you look it up and you go, oh, well, let's see, I think six Belgiums would fit into right. California or into the Diocese of Sacramento or, you know, that sort of thing. Uh, Liechtenstein. You know, right, right, yeah. You know, but um, and even the uh, the larger countries in, in Europe are, are small compared to our standards. I mean, the U.S., obviously, one of the largest countries in the world. I remember when I went to London, they, they had, um, my friend and I went and we, we planned, like, I think it was like a seven-day trip and... You can definitely feel, I mean, with the Tower of London, with all the stuff you see. But at one point, we were like, I kind of want to get out of London and see something else. So we had a choice between Stonehenge or uh, taking the Channel to Paris. And it was kind of mind-blowing to me that it was like, let's take a day trip to Paris. But we weren't in yeah. France. It's yeah. like, yeah. In, in California, it's like, let's take a day trip from Sacramento to San Francisco. You can't even take a day trip to L.A. I mean, yeah. so it's just, it's so funny to me that you can just take this this channel that goes under the, the channel. And, and it's like, yeah, all right, I, we're in a whole different country. When I was in England, uh, they didn't have the channel yet. Right. We had to swim. Yeah, right. Well, yeah. It's, it takes a couple of days then. <laughs> Right. Yeah, that's people actually swim the English Channel. I mean, it's just mind-boggling. It's amazing England doesn't do better in the Olympics and swimming events. <laughs> well, because you know, <laughs> probably aren't English people that swimming. It's probably they come from somewhere else. Right, to swim the English Channel. Probably one of the guys doing that was like, you know, there should be a tube, yeah. and with, with the train. <laughs> I mean, when you think of all the creativity that uh, God gave us, um, the the notion of building a channel. From uh, across the sea, what twenty miles or so? 20 right, some miles. Yeah, uh, it's just it's the, to th- to think how difficult that that must be. Right, I mean, just when somebody even got the idea, was oh, yeah. probably dismissed immediately. I would love to have been in that meeting where they're like, you know, we should have a bridge. Like, yeah, we can't build a bridge, and then the one guy in the back's like, how about a tunnel? Yeah, <laughs> Let's I do know. a tunnel. <laughs> I know. It's, yeah, I, I remember uh, years ago when the Alaska Pipeline was built in 1977. Yeah. Uh, as a journalist, I I was able to take a trip there. And, oh wow! And go right to the headquarters uh, on the North Slope, you know, uh, and see where it was had all it was where the the pipeline started. Right. And and then a 
able to take a tour of the Alaska pipeline out in the middle of just nowhere, and there would be this silver thread, this pipe, I don't know, probably 10 feet of diameter or something. You could climb up on it. It wasn't giant, but it was big for a pot but it, it was mostly above ground it was not underground oh, okay you go under some of the rivers right and although they don't have massive rivers in alaska most of it's like trickle from the the, the glaciers, glaciers right and yeah things like that because alaska a lot of it is fairly dry you know it's very yeah. cold well same with antarctica it's actually it very, was lush you know very, kind of thing dry. yeah yeah so but it was it was just fascinating but i remember and then we got to go to their headquarters and be greeted by the engineers that came up with it they were like they were like were they penguins they were like four-star generals <laughs> okay you know, like, they weren't penguins. like oh man you know right right this is uh no i think the penguins are all in the south oh that's right yeah. they are aren't they yeah we confuse them if, if there's snow where there's no people i assume there's penguins, the penguins yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it was and he said the same thing he said when the, the idea of building this pipeline especially in areas that in the winter can get to 50 60 70 below and and you you have to you, you don't just have to have workers out there you've got to have cooks and housekeepers right. and and uh, electricians and doctors and nurses and just the whole the whole thing because you're building inch by inch this pipeline in areas that are completely uninhabited right um, right and hostile and you probably have to have people who are like hunters who basically know like, yeah, yeah, yeah. hey, there's a polar bear nearby yeah. or whatever. Or a grizzly. Or a grizzly, yeah. You guys shouldn't be out here right you now. And... ate a lot of salmon. <laughs> but, you know, really, I mean, and he said the same thing we were talking about. Uh, we we couldn't even conceive. Most of them had, had been in the Middle East starting those oil fields there and worked for some of the big, I think BP was one of the big ones, right. and British Petroleum. But the same thing. It was like we came up with the idea, and then there's no, it's not feasible. And then we, you know, and and you you kind of wait for the technology almost to catch up and it tunnels. Right. And I just I, I go back to the creator and think the, the genius he gave all of us is just is amazing. The the things that man has been able to do, mostly for good, not always, but mostly for good. Well, also with the people with the fortitude to hear no. And go, okay, so find a different way. Mm-hmm. You know, because so many people take no and they go, well, that idea is dead. Some people take that and go, all right, they said no because of this, this, and this. So let's fix those things you know, and come I mean, back next year. You look at, I mean, how how wonderful airplanes were. Right. It didn't take us very long to figure out we could drop bombs from them. You know what I mean? It's like. Oh, it's almost like, instantaneously. Almost instantaneously. You look at photography, how wonderful that is. And it didn't take very long before we had pornography. Right. You know, so, so there's there's a flip side to a lot of things. but uh, the, Yeah, it seems like with every innovation, there there's, you know, the, the internet, you know, the how, how amazing that was and how now it can become very toxic. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, luckily, Catholic radio is always great. It's always great. Always great. Well, and, and he, you know, Father Josie that we were just talking to, he has some of the stalwarts of of. of Various forms of Catholic radio, yeah. Catholic media. We've had a couple of them on the show over Scott the years. Hahn, and and it's 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 just interesting. A lot of the people that are very prominent in Catholic media now are converts. Yeah, and I lived with a convert. Her name was Mom, <laughs> and there's nothing like a convert because they and and she chose it as an adult. It wasn't it wasn't like she was eight years old and her family converted. You know, she was. She was in nursing school in North Dakota, and where she grew up, and and it was a Catholic nursing school, St. Alexis, at the University of Mary. <laughs> what chance? Nothing Catholic have, about that, you know? right? Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, this happened to be a Catholic school. Yeah. <laughs> and and she grew up Lutheran, which I think is the law in North Dakota at the time. <laughs> and and she said those. She said the nuns never tried to do anything. Other than lead by example, right? You know the the, the old Saint Francis. You know, spread Christianity when necessary. Use words. Um, she said they had something, and I wanted it. And I came back to that story the other day. I was watching not EWTN, but I was watching ESPN, the sports. Oh, and a young your other station you watch. Yes, yeah, <laughs> a young woman playing basketball for Villanova had just broken the all-time scoring record 
for women's basketball at Villanova, which is a big deal. Villanova is one of the powers in women bas- women's right. basketball, a Catholic school in, in Pennsylvania. And she broke a record that was about 30, 35 years old. So the person that said it was a college student at the time would be 50, 55 years old now. And guess what she is? She's a cloistered nun. Really? Yes. And I believe they brought her to the game when the record was probably going to be broken. And and she went up to the young woman who was about to break the record and said, and I get tears in my eyes when I hear this, she said, I really want you to break my record. She said, I now have everything I need. Wow. Profound. Wow. Just profound. You know, I'm getting tears in my eyes. That's wow. You know, and it's like she probably they probably didn't have the WNBA then, but she could have gone off to a career in professional basketball or as a coach or, you know, I mean, she had all the skill, all the knowledge, all the everything and a great education from Villanova. And she chose uh, a vocation as a nun. And so and then to hear her say, I have everything I need. It was very profound. Hearing a lot of these vocational stories we've heard over the years, are, yeah. it's interesting because, you you know, as a kid you grow up and you kind of think that everybody who's a priest, everyone who's a nun, they've always just been a always. priest or a nun. Yeah. <laughs> you, yeah. Know, you don't know yeah. that they, they, they were kids at one point, they went to high school, well, they, you know, you know whatever. Kind of like your school teacher. When right. You run into them in the grocery store and they say, my teacher goes right. to the grocery store. I think, I think the, the kids nowadays would call that a glitch in the matrix. You're like, wait a minute, you're not supposed to be here. <laughs> I remember one time I was uh, interviewing Bishop Wiegand, and he was relating a story about how when he, he was in Trader Joe's. And I said, you were in Trader Joe's? Right, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know, it's like when we talk about to, to Bishop Soto about baseball. It's yeah. like, how do you have time? Like, I can't believe you watch baseball. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's like, it's just funny because they're... Well, I mean, Bishop Garcia was a big oh, yeah. Giants fan. Oh, my goodness. Well, he grew up in San Francisco. Yeah, we would talk to Bishop Garcia. We we would help him with a, a radio show he had down there in Monterey when he had, he had left our diocese, and uh, that was the first thing whenever we got him on the phone to talk About to him. Giants. Yeah, before we even got the interview going, he'd be like, "Hey, did you see the game?" Yeah, you know? the game last night. <laughs> or he was kind of down in the dumps because right. they lost. <laughs> I remember a couple times it was like a couple games they lost, like in the bottom of the ninth, <laughs> and we had to call him the next day, and we're like, "Oh, I hope he's up to it." Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it, it, it's amazing though that you see what people. Yeah. The, the people bring all these different these different experiences to these vocations, and it's interesting. Like when we had the uh, we years ago, we had Sister Maximilian Marie right. on, who was from the uh, um, uh, the what is her order again? The I forget now. The um, Immaculate Sisters, Mother of the Eucharist. Mother of the Eucharist. That's it. Uh, and I remember before she came on, she was in studio and sometimes when people come in studio they kind of hang out in my production room with me until they come on and she was talking to me about I think it was, it was winter time and she was talking to me about how there was such great fresh powder up there and she wished she could go snowboarding because you sure. know she used to love to snowboard sure. and I was like wait you're a snowboarder <laughs> she's yeah. like yeah you know it's like she she came to this vocation but it's like you don't think about John it Paul II was a great skier yeah great skier yeah yeah you just don't think and about it was he what was he in I believe he was a great well I, I don't know that he was in any major just production, productions, but, yeah. But he was a he was a, an actor as well. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah, it's you know it's it's just there. There are a lot of things you know that that we don't know about. Um, I want to remind everybody really quick uh, to subscribe to the podcast. Go to Apple podcast it's 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 on your phone when you get an iphone uh if you don't have apple i believe google plus we are on there as well but if you can't find it on either of those places you can download podbean uh app and get it or you can just go to the scd.org um the uh website where there's our catholic diocese here yeah we go to the website and you can listen to it just scroll down beyond uh everything on the front page and there's a bunch of little buttons there one of them is for the Bishop's Hour, and you click on that, and the player should play you know, your newest show, but it goes back a week. So I believe the way they have it set up is once Monday plays, you can go back and listen to it all week until the next Monday. Then that replaces it, and same with Tuesday, Wednesday, all the way through until uh, Friday, and then Saturdays on Immaculate, oh, sorry, not Immaculate Radio, Relevant Radio. Uh, uh, you listen to it on Monday through Friday at 9 p.m., and then 10 a.m. on Saturday morning as well. But if you subscribe to the podcast through the podcast apps, you don't get indications, you don't get spammed, you don't get emails. And it's free. And it's free, 100% free. All it does is make it so you can listen to it whenever you want. And every time you open the app, 
it'll tell you these are the shows you haven't listened to yet. And you can go through and choose, and I write short descriptions on each show. Um, yeah, if you're you looking know, for, if you're, uh, uh, maybe, maybe you know Father Josie that we just interviewed, and, and oh, I, I, I missed that interview. My sister Mary will probably do that. And, mm -hmm. and and she'll she'll go find it and listen to it. Well, if your sister were to read it or listen to it and go, I think other people should hear him talk. Yeah. You can also share sure. individual podcasts on social media through text, through email, or what have you. There's a just a you grab a link like you would anything on YouTube or right. anywhere else on the internet, and you can share it. So it's really easy, and it's easy to spread the word of our show because. You know, the, the old algorithm we all hear about, the more you spread it, the more you subscribe to it, the more you listen to it, the more um, the podcast apps will go, oh, people really like this show. Right. We should feature it to people who also listen to religious shows or Catholic shows or shows in Sacramento. Right. And there's a bunch of different algorithms that make you share what have you, but it will get us up there higher and we'll spread the word of our diocese, you know, over other shows that other people might listen to. Not necessarily we're competing with other dioceses, but I mean other religious shows. You know, you may right. hear Scott Scott Hahn has a podcast, I'm sure. Uh, everyone else does. Um, and <laughs> we, you might get, we might, people who listen to Scott Hahn, maybe they're not in our diocese, but then they go, oh, you like Catholic shows. Well, this one seems to be trending a lot. Mm -hmm. Here's one you guys can listen to. And it, and it boosts our our footprint out there. Exactly. Yeah. So just something to think about. Uh, you know, we're still going to bring you the show regardless. But it always helps boost the show a little bit. The the old Nielsen family doesn't exist anymore. Now it's all about sharing and subscribing. Right you know. Indeed. Thanks again. I should tell you the uh, Living Last Supper is going to take be uh, be uh, presented during Holy Week, Wednesday, April fifth, at St. Joseph's Church in Lincoln, two eight zero Oak Tree Lane in Lincoln. The scene opens with a living representation of Leonardo da Vinci's Last Supper, one by one. Each of the disciples comes alive and shares his personal experiences with Jesus. Accompanied by a beautiful musical score, the play is a riveting account of the Last Supper as told in the Gospel of Mark. Uh, admission is free. Donations are accepted and they'll go to a pro-life charity up in Yuba City. A potluck, a potluck supper will follow in the Family Center on the St. Joseph campus. Um, you don't need to sign up. You just need to show up Wednesday, April the 5th. 6 p.m., St. Joseph's Church, 280 Oak Tree Lane in Lincoln, uh, right here in the Sacramento area. It should be just a uh, wonderful, wonderful presentation. We'll take a, a quick break. We'll be back with more on the Bishop's Hour right after this. This portion of the Bishop's Hour is brought to you by a grant from the St. Vincent de Paul Society. Drop by and shop at their thrift store, a beautiful, beautiful thrift store at 2275 Watt Avenue. Open Mondays through Saturdays from 10 to 8 and Sundays from 11 to 6. They also accept donations at the store, donations of furniture, appliances, clothing, books, everyday household items. Your donations help to fund the many projects of the St. Vincent de Paul Society throughout the Diocese of Sacramento. Do such wonderful, wonderful work, and the thrift store is uh, one of the, the ways they uh, raise the funds to help people throughout the diocese, and also uh, many of their clients are able to access the uh, thrift store for uh, items that they need. You can uh, give them a call. They will come pick it up as well, but you can uh, give them a call. They're at 916-972-1212. And remember, again, the thrift store is open uh, seven days a week at 2275 Watt Avenue right here in Sacramento. Well, Bishop Soto refers to Christ the King Retreat Center as the jewel of the diocese, and indeed it is. What a beautiful oasis it is. It's located in Citrus Heights, uh, right in the hustle and bustle of the city, and you feel like you're getting away from it all when you uh, turn off the main road and just uh, uh, come into Christ the King Passionist Retreat Center. Christ the King has served Northern California and the Diocese of Sacramento for over 60 years through parish weekend retreats, individual spiritual direction, and a variety of other programs. For information on all the programs that they offer, including residential programs, give them a call. They're at 916-725-4720, or you can visit them at 6520 Van Maren Lane in Citrus Heights. And we certainly thank 
uh, the St. Vincent de Paul Society and Christ the King Passionist Retreat Center for their fine and longstanding support of the Bishop's Hour. Good morning, this is Sister Maria and I'm the Formation Director for the Seminarians and you are listening to the Bishop's Hour with Bob Dunning. Welcome back everyone. I appreciate you all being with us and do really do want to thank uh, everyone who has helped us along the way. We've been on the air now since 1999. We're in our 24th year. Uh, it was the uh, idea of uh, Bishop Wiegand, uh, carried on uh, certainly by uh, Bishop Soto, and uh, we had a lot of help from uh, Monsignor uh, Jim Murphy uh, way back when, when we were getting started. He's a professional journalist as well as a Catholic priest, and uh, the late Father Sylvester McDermott, and uh, a lot of underwriters who helped us along the way, and of course, uh, all the, the, the great guests we've had. Uh, it's been a joy talking to so many people in this diocese and seeing the Lord's work that they're doing in, in a variety of, of ways. And then, uh, of course, the most important people, you, the listeners, uh, who have tuned in to our program. And we, we just uh, so faithfully, we really, really appreciate uh, uh, you taking the time to be with us. And uh, we hope that this is, is being valuable in your life uh, and certainly as valuable as it is in my life. Uh, the uh, latest edition of the Catholic Herald, Building Trust Through Transparency, a mindset for cultivating a safe environment as part of a culture and learning at places like St. Robert Parish and School and throughout the diocese, uh, great stories about the Independent Review Board and a very important letter from Bishop Soto, uh, which was shared, uh, you may have heard it uh, at, at Holy Mass uh, in, in recent days, uh, but this is a, and, and you've probably seen it on the, the media, not the letter, but the, the, the story. And so I'm going to share uh, with you now the, the letter from Bishop Soto. Dear friends in Christ, in this issue of Catholic Herald Magazine, you will read about the ongoing efforts of the Diocese of Sacramento to protect the young and vulnerable, to create truly safe spaces for all God's people, and to atone for the devastating sin of clergy sexual abuse, all of these are lifetime endeavors, a key part of who we are as a church for all time. A vital aspect of owning and atoning for the sins of the past is resolving claims brought forward by victim survivors in a fair and responsible manner. I have committed to this principle and attempt to live it in every case. This year, there is a very important development I must share with you. More than 200 lawsuits alleging sexual abuse of minors have been filed against the diocese as a result of a state law extending the statute of limitations for such cases. To learn of this staggering number of claims is truly heartbreaking. These claims represent real people whose lives have been damaged by the sins of individuals whom they had been taught to trust. I apologize deeply for these sins and for the harm they have caused. The civil claims received by the Diocese of Sacramento, along with claims made against other dioceses in Northern California, are being managed in a special proceeding overseen by a judge of the Alameda County Court. The court has begun early discussions with an eye toward the establishment of a workable claims resolution process. We and the other parties are in close communication and cooperation with the court in this regard, but we are still very early in the process. I am committed to resolving all claims as fairly as possible. Given the number of claims that have been presented, however, resolving them may overwhelm the diocese, financial, uh, the diocese finances available to satisfy such claims. The financial challenge is unlike anything we have faced before. I must consider what options are available to us should the diocese become insolvent. These are the words of Bishop Soto in a letter to, to everyone in the Diocese of Sacramento. Also, you can read it here in the Catholic Herald. You can go to scd.org, the, the diocesan website, and also read this letter. Bishop goes on to say, I regret that this information will be a source of disappointment and anxiety for the faithful. Although there is much that we do not yet know about the process for resolving these claims, I hope we will be able to answer at least some of the initial questions you may have. The diocesan staff 
has prepared a question and answer article addressing the considerations before us. At this time, there are many questions that can't be answered. I will, however, add to this discussion as we move forward. Above all, I ask you to remain with me in prayer for the victims of sexual abuse. Remember at all times that the situation we face is due to the sins of our church, not to victim survivors seeking justice and healing. The relentlessness, the relentlessness of the pain and suffering of these victims must be matched by the relentlessness of our prayers for their healing and by our efforts to never again allow these sins of sexual abuse to occur in the church. And, of course, there, uh, that is followed, uh, again, in the Catholic Herald, also on the website scd.org, with questions and answers about this uh, with the question is posed, who will pay for these claims? Can the diocese pay these claims? Will the diocese have to uh, file for bankruptcy? How can the diocese, uh, how did the diocese get into this situation? What does this mean for my parish or school? On and on and on. Uh, those questions are posed, those questions are answered. So uh, how did the diocese get in this situation, for example? We are in this situation because of grievous sins committed by individual priests, deacons, and religious and a smaller number of the laity in the diocese. It is these evil acts that brought us to this place, not the victims of sexual abuse seeking justice. And that is a, a point the bishop makes over and over, that this is about us. It's not about the victims. I mean, it is about the victims that we pray for justice, for healing, uh, for all of them, for, for the relentlessness, relentlessness of what they have suffered and continue to suffer, so I urge you to to read all of that, um, and uh, you'll you'll be much much better informed. Uh, uh, I'm not a, a media basher or anything else, but you will will see just snippets of of that sort of thing in, in uh, the television news and in the newspapers and things because it, they're not going to get into depth like like here. But here you will see exactly what this is about exactly what we are facing and what the, exactly how the diocese is attempting to handle this in the, the most fair and just manner possible. And go to scd.org. You can read all about it. With that, we are welcome, we're pleased to welcome in Moises de Leon. Good to have you here. No, thank you, Bob. Good to see you. Good to see you, too. You're <laughs> dressed very, very sportingly today. Yes, I am. I like your tie. Nice tie. Thank you. What's happening in your life? Do we move uh, on through Lent? There's a lot of stuff happening, um, always in the, in the Office of Family and Respect Life. But one of the things that we're uh, doing in the month of March is providing uh, the mother and daughter program uh, here in Sacramento. I know we had one in February uh, up in Chico, but now we're bringing it here in Sacramento. Uh, it's on March 18th, uh, which is it's the third Saturday of, of, of April. I mean, March. March <clears throat> and it's at Presentation here in Sacramento. Uh, and this time, because it's the mother-daughter, usually they have two different groups. They have ages from 10 to 12, which this time will be from 9 a.m. to noon. And the second group, the older teens, from 13 to 16, from 2 p.m. to 5.30 p.m. Okay. on the same okay. day. You hear nothing but good things about these programs. Mm -hmm. Some people who've, who've contacted me and say, well, I was a little hesitant to go or maybe my teenager or teenagers, they were a little hesitant to go. Oh, we got to do this, Mom. And, and, and they loved it. <laughs> no, yeah, that's that's usually the experience. Uh, personally, when I was in Chico with the father and son, it, it, it's the same experience. Parents coming in, not wanting, or the teens not wanting to be there, especially because it was a Friday evening. It was yeah, on, a, right. on a Saturday or during during the week. But after they wouldn't want to, they wouldn't leave, and we're like, well, we need to close down facilities. It's already past nine. Um, well, you know how to, get, <laughs> how to get the boys there. Free ice cream. No, yeah. Yeah. No, we had, we had plenty of food, and yeah. we ran out. Did so, you really? So we had to go get some more food. I think we ordered another 10 boxes of pizza. Oh, wow. During the break, <laughs> that ran out, too. Uh, no, and the I kids were really there. hungry. <laughs> no, we had plenty of snacks, a whole bunch of donuts. I think we ordered almost like eight dozen donuts. Oh, wow. Those flew within a minute. Well, and and I heard you had a huge turnout. Oh, it was huge. Yeah. Uh, it's one of the biggest ones we've ever had. That's very In both groups, we had at least 45 teens 
That's plus wonderful. their parents. That's wonderful. Um, so it was roughly a hundred in each group. Um, it was fabulous. The team at, and and Chico did a great job in in organizing. Both parishes came together. Um, father was really open. He, he did the closing talk uh, for the father and son. Fabulous um, testimony. And then uh, as as a priest, having him present and give one of the talks, it, it was it was for me. It was the first time seeing a priest actually get involved in this process. Uh, and then showing his side of what does it mean to be a, fa- a spiritual father uh, for his community. Sure, uh, that that was that that really got to me. Oh, that's wonderful. So, uh, wh- th- what are the dates here again in Sacramento? March eighteenth, uh, and it's from uh, the first group, the te- uh, the tweens. It's from ten to twelve. I mean, ages ten to twelve, from nine to noon. Teens, 13 from 16, would be from 2 p.m. to 5.30 p.m. Um, they could go on our website, scd.org, uh, look under events on Mother and Daughter Program 2023. Uh, and there's a uh, encouraged cost of uh, $30 per family. If you can't um, have, you don't have $30, you could just talk to the coordinator and we could figure something out. Uh, but we're asking people to register ahead of time, so we have plenty of uh, uh, materials and food for that day as well. And maybe if you're uh, 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 the mother's not in the picture for for mm-hmm. some reason, or or maybe just it, it doesn't happen to have that day available. Uh, yeah. Maybe they're working and that's just their schedule. Uh, a lot of a lot of people can't take days off. Oh, uh, sure. yeah. uh, maybe an aunt could bring you. Maybe mm-hmm. a grandmother could bring you. Maybe a, an older sister even could bring you. Uh, uh, you don't. It doesn't have to be your mom. True, true. Yeah. And that's one of the things that I, I kind of do like is the flexibility of just having, even for the son, it's it's just having a, a male figure. Mm-hmm. Um, and in case there is no mother or father in the picture, have someone who you admire to be there. Right. So that way your relationship with that person grows yep. deeper. Indeed. Well, it's a great program. How, how do people sign up? They, they go through our website. Uh, or they could call the the, the uh, presentation mm-hmm. uh, presentation of the Blessed Virgin Mary Parish and just ask that you're registering for the mother and daughter program. Very good. What else do you have for us, Moises? Besides that, um, we have a Lenten retreat coming up, uh, which is it's on a good, March. It's a good time for that. Twenty fifth. It's bilingual, so we have uh, a track in English, a track in Spanish, uh, and we're trying to get. This retreat's meant for everyone, so anyone who's a DRE, CRE, uh, parish council leader, any parish leader who does any type of ministry, uh, we're trying to get them to be uh, to just have a moment of spirituality, of connection, and uh, deep understanding of what Lent could be for them. Uh, the theme for the retreat is uh, uh, Here I Am uh, and To Do Your Will. So we're having two two different speakers or, uh, uh, to really cover those topics of what does it mean to be here and present and present with with our Lord. Uh, so what we have planned for that day is we open up with mass early in the morning. Uh, we have a talk, lunch, do the second talk, a moment of reflection, and then we end with um, adoration as we enter into this, into this Eucharistic revival. Uh, phase, we, we're really emphasizing how adoration and being present in the Blessed Sacrament can be a way to tie ourselves back into uh, what does that mean when it comes to prayer, being in front of the Blessed Sacrament. Sometimes we might take it for granted that it's there once a week, the parish offers it, but we're not really present. Mm-hmm. So we want to do as much as we can in all our diocesan events to bring the Eucharist into it. Uh, so people can have a, at least 30 minutes in, in front of it. If they can't do an hour, they can't. They, they want to just do five minutes, at least a little of a time to, right. to just spend with the Lord face to face. You know, one, one of my daughters is involved in, uh, gotten involved recently with the uh, Newman Center mm-hmm. in, uh, in uh, da- da- at UC Davis. And she, uh, just loves adoration you know she uh, she just thinks it's such a wonderful opportunity you know i i know my personal experience when i was back in um i I think it was senior year i can't remember it was senior year or uh, my first year freshman i did commit almost a year of visiting the blessed sacrament every single day Mm. 
because we had an opportunity of uh, having a 24-hour duration just a few, I want to say like five minutes away from the home, from our house. Um, I want to say it was the best feeling ever. Mm-hmm. Even though uh, I would have to sacrifice a little bit of my time because mass was at 8 a.m. in the morning right, and then I would right. stay. Um, but the fact that I felt so energized throughout mm-hmm. the whole day, um, I felt like, um, I can't remember the movie if it was... Uh, Transcendence, or um, there was some movie with um, uh, Scarlett Johansson where mm-hmm. she just ex- expands her ability to to um, to use her mind to the fullest. Uh-huh. That's uh-huh. how I felt during wow. that time. It, it just felt I was Superman. There was no nothing could <laughs> stop me and everything. So it's a great experience and and dedication. And and I, I encourage people to do it. There. <laughs> and that's one of the things that I love. It's it's what. When I get into it, usually Len is the best time to uh, offer that again, um, and it's it's a great feeling. Well, if, you know, you got God at your back. What do you need? Yeah. What else do you need? You know. <laughs> yeah. So, planning for the future. Do you, do, you, do you work on stuff for the summer and the fall now? Yes. So in the in the fall, there's no summer events this year, uh, at least uh, for the family respect life side. Uh, but in the fall, we have ministry days. And then in October, the end, of September. And yeah. end of September, and then in the fall, we're working on a Respect Life series. Oh, good. Uh, so we're bringing... Well, October is Respect Life Month, of Yes. Yeah. And this year, we didn't want to just necessarily have a, an annual gathering. We wanted a set of talks available. So we're, fa- we're bringing Father Boquet again, mm-hmm. uh, and we're having from Friday all the way to Sunday, different topics, different talks, uh, both across the whole diocese. So we're starting from uh, the Vallejo area all the way to Sacramento and hopefully going up to Chico Redding. So we really want to uh, have different talks, different locations so people can actually understand what pro-life is. And certain topics are a little bit more focused on family. Some of them will be more focused on how can we assist our moms in needs mm-hmm. as, as we uh, enter, as we open up this year with a uh, uh, proposition passing last year and all these Problem bills. Uh, uh, bills coming up that are uh, supporting and funding more abortion, how can, as Catholics, really support our mothers in need and in this process and finding ways of doing that? And educating our our team leaders, too, uh, because one of the things that I've noticed is we focus much on ministry, but we don't form ourselves as much. Mm -hmm. And part of Bishop's four-part plan for the Respect Life is formation is key as well. And prayer is important. Service is important. And at the end, advocacy is the fourth pillar that he has, has seen. And as we as we see in the church, if we have these four pillars in place, usually a ministry is thriving. Yeah. Uh, so we're, we're trying to reinforce that by providing formation this year. You know, uh, and the thing that people should realize about pro-life, I, I, I talk to people sometimes and they say, well, gee, we live in California and, uh, you know, it's, it's the law's never going to change. Mm-hmm. And look at Prop One, or look at what whatever, and you go what what, but the work needs to go on. Mm-hmm. Um, if you save one life, I mean, no, it's not illegal to be pro-life. I mean, yeah, it true. is legal <laughs> to get an abortion in California. That's we we I mean we accept that that's the law, but it's not illegal to be pro-life. It's not illegal to advocate for life and it's not illegal to help someone mm-hmm. who wants to, to to have the baby like as we see whether it's the the gabriel project or the you know the the various uh, pro-life organizations uh, uh, sacramento life center comes to mind but there are many and and uh, uh just all these different pro-life ministries and uh, and saint vincent de paul and and the knights uh, everybody's kind of helping mm-hmm. here and, and just people doing it one-on-one that aren't a part of any organized group um those things are all still legal and encouraged yeah. and they're saving lives and so um it's just as important to do it here as to do it in a state where abortion has been has been outlawed so um there's plenty of opportunity. It's not just about changing the law. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, as you say, advocacy is certainly a, a part of it, and we'd love to change the law. But right now, that's. But that doesn't mean the other stuff. It's not. It, it's, it's not, not very, important. very, very mm-hmm. important. And and I think we we need to keep that first and 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 foremost in our minds. And uh, um, 
uh, yeah, October's Respect Life Month. And we, sh- and we should point out that we're very consistent with life. We're talking about end of life, too. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about being 10 years old or 20 years old or 30 or 40 <laughs> or 50 or 60. You know, we're talking about all stages of life. Life is sacred. Uh, the, the life of, of, a, of, a, of a baby is no more sacred than the life of a 70-year-old. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's all sacred, you know. I mean, obviously... Uh, maybe a seventy-year-old has a little more control over his life than a, than a, a newborn. True, but, true. Um, a newborn, you know. I mean, I always, I don't get amused, but I, you know, I, I, I find it ironic when people say, "Well, the cutoff should be viability," <laughs> and I'm going, "Well, I have six kids, and some of them are in college." I'm not sure they're viable right now, <laughs> you know. And and but but when you when you go back and you go, okay, uh, a newborn is viable. Mm-hmm. I mean, all by yeah. itself, uh, a newborn is going to need whether even if there's not a mom or a dad, a newborn is going to need somebody. Mm-hmm. A one-year-old's going to need somebody. Yeah. A two-year-old's going to need somebody. A five-year-old's. I don't know. Where the cutoff is that you could be raised by wolves or something, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, it, which I mean, it, it could have happened, but <laughs> yeah, you know, it's not, you're you're uh, you're not viable. I mean, literally, where you could live on your own, independent of other people, and for for a great number of years mm-hmm. past birth. And that kind of reminds me on the spiritual side. Yeah. We, we can't really walk on our own. We really need to oh. walk with Jesus because if you, not our life is going to go into chaos. Yeah, you hit it right on the head. So that's that's one of the things that I, I just don't understand when uh, the mentality or the ideology of seeing oh, I could do this on my own when there's there's certain things that it's not possible with, not with possible. without God there would be no way I could insanely do something or accomplish something. Yeah. Um, I think it takes a little bit of humility to understand that we're always going to need that support along the way or accompaniment. Absolutely, um, absolutely, and that's that's what the whole pro life movement is about is accompaniment, mm-hmm. helping people in need. Yeah, Moises, always a joy to see you. Thanks for no, all thank the great you, work you do, and we we'll look forward to seeing you again soon. And safe drive. Hey, safe drive. <laughs> exactly. That's going to do it for us for today. Thanks for listening, everyone. God bless. We'll talk to you again soon. Sacrifice, if not joined with my life.